Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 53. 53. The Seth Griffith episode. Oh man, there's a blast from the past. Dude, I was actually, I was going through his, uh, just his, you know, Elite Prospects page, whatever. And this dude stunk in the NHL, right? He never really found his groove in the NHL. But his junior stats, he had 78 points in 49 games. And then the year before uh, he got, he was draft eligible, he put 81 points up in 54 games. And also, dude, he is an AHL all-star. He's putting up like 80 points a year. And he's, by yeah. the way, he's, dude, he's still playing. He's he's in the AHL. Yeah, I know. He's still playing hockey <laughs> in North America. Have you ever seen his uh, his team photo from the Oilers? No, no. Dude, okay, go man. go look at it's so funny because he's missing he's missing like three or four of his teeth and he's doing like a little bit of a half smile. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not, all of the teeth on his left side of his face are missing. I know it's not as bad as uh Craig Smith's picture though, when they're still using his like picture from oh. the AHL as his like yes. was that Craig Smith with it his was long Craig, hair? He had the long hair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they disrespected him so Jesus bad. Christ, you should update that shit. I know, come on. They did him dirty. But yeah, yeah. hey, Seth Griffith episode, uh, 53rd episode of the uh, Something's Brewing podcast, brought to you in partnership with the one and only Primetime Productions. You can, follow them, you can follow them on Twitter at Primetime Pods. Oh, I'm sorry. I did the same thing. Oh, last you time. did Prime it again. Pods. You Prime did it again. I did the same thing, dude. I don't know. I also but, I want to give a quick shout out too to uh to because now that primetime prods has officially launched all of the shows on the network. Wanted to give a quick shout out to the other people, the other shows oh, yeah. part of the network. So let's go through the list. There was a tweet. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. There is all goals, no misses. Very creative M- name. MRS. From- that's MRS period from uh, from Grace and Lauren. Uh, they're great. They drop on Mondays. You can follow them on Twitter at all goals. No misses. Remember, misses is MRS misses. There's also the two pad stack hosted by Ace. Uh, they just dropped their episode. It's Tuesday night here for us. So they dropped it this morning. I believe he had, was it Berg he had on his episode? Yeah, it was Berg. That was awesome, too. They have really good chemistry together. Good insight from a goalie. You know, I feel like you don't see, you don't hear the insight of of goalies a lot, I feel like, on uh, in podcasts. I mean, I know there's uh, Brew and Razor, which is nice, but like the biggest, you know, hockey pod in the world, Spit and Chicklets, I mean. Couple of plugs, a defenseman and a forward, and 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 Biz and Whitney talk about hockey. So it's it's yeah. refreshing to get to the inside of a goalie's brain. Um, you can follow them on Twitter at Two Pad Stack, and that's the number two, not T W O or T O or T O O. There's also us, and then there's of course the only Bruins boys, oh, yeah. uh, 
don't even have to mention their names. Everybody knows Brett and Boosie. And of course, Bobby from the beaches of Winnipeg. <laughs> you can follow them on Twitter uh, at OnlyBruinsPod. There's, oh, your other one, Drop the Mitts with you Drop and Chris the mitts, Davis. Baby. Yeah. Uh, you, who, who are the names of the people that you guys have had so far? Because you guys have had some great guests on your shows. Uh, we've had ja- Billy Jaffe. Um, Zach Benson, the 13th overall pick in this last year's draft to the Buffalo Sabres. Your Sabres. Um, my Sabres. And then uh, Mark McLaughlin as well. Uh, we have a couple more lined up. The McLaughlin interview was awesome. That was a ton of fun. Um, just, you know, a nice, like, 25, half an hour conversation. Uh, ask him about McLovin. That was cool. He, <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we got a bunch more interviews lined up too uh so and and most recently i wasn't able to make the last one but we had logan Stankoven on as well dallas star prospect so uh we got a, a lot of big names honestly there's a lot of big names like that coming on relatively soon too so keep your eyes on that podcast uh usually we drop saturday mornings i want to say um so yeah keep your eye on that there we have a bunch more lined up so hell yeah and the twitter is at drop mitts hockey Always yes. great content coming out from you and Chris Davis over there. Uh, and then last, yeah, but certainly. Dude, shout out shout out to Chris because he does a lot of that work. He oh, does yeah. a lot of that work. Oh, yeah. He does a lot of uh, tagging people in his pictures on Twitter too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we have the first non-hockey podcast on oh, yeah. Primetime Productions. Cross-core coverage. They just dropped their first episode I believe it was Sunday. Was it Sunday? I believe so. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, Sunday was over the weekend. They talk about it's an all NBA podcast with a focus on the Celtics, hosted by Grace and Marty the Meat Man. Listen, if they're not making a basketball fan out of you, not just talking about you, but if you're not a basketball fan, definitely go check out their podcast because they had some great insight. And Marty, I didn't realize Marty is that freaking funny. His oh, laugh was killing me. Every time he I laughed, know. I was laughing with him, dude. <laughs> I know, dude. Well, that's what I was gonna say too. Like, I don't really know. I, I don't know anything about the NBA. I know nothing about the. I don't want to say I know nothing about the Celtics. I know obviously like Tatum and Brown, whatever. I know like the. I know just enough to be able to have a quick conversation about it, but I don't know anything in depth of the team. So, I, like, I was telling Marty the other day, like, I'm just pumped to learn from him. And I listened to the first episode with him and Grace, and it was awesome. Like, it's they. Yeah. Those two, they have great chemistry. The conversation flows. They're funny. Like, it's like yeah, your second laugh, dude. It kills me. It's great, man. I can't wait to listen to the next one. And I know, because um, I, man, I used to be a basketball nut. Like, I was obsessed. Yeah. I knew every, I could, I could list you every player in the NBA from the previous 10 years. I was always running franchises on 2K. And then, yep. uh, and then I kind of like stopped watching a little bit. Um, I think it was right after those Kyrie Irving years. There was like a year or two where I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch more Bruins or something like that. And because yeah. any any Boston sports fans will tell you, it is so hard to be able to to keep track and watch every all as many Celtics and Bruins games as you can games as you can simultaneously because they always play in the same goddamn night. I wish they could figure yeah. something out. But um, no, no, they're a great follow. And uh, I know Primetime Productions has some other stuff in the works as well. There's maybe a new show that's going to be joining sometime soon, which isn't NHL or NBA. And there's a website in the works. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's coming along really great, dude. It's oh, looking good. It's looking be on the good. Look out for that, baby. We're not just going to be having um, uh, podcasts with Primetime Productions, but 
total team effort. We're going to be having articles as well. So yeah, very yep. excited to start uh, rolling some of those out. Yeah, I wanted to give a quick shout out to to Boosie. Uh, over the weekend, actually not the weekend, on Monday, we uh, played in our annual Sully's Golf Tournament up at Marlboro Country Club. Um, awesome time. We had about 160 golfers. Uh, Boosie was on my foursome. We had a hell of a day. Um, and it was nice to get out there with them, kind of just shoot the shit, talk, hang out all day, play some golf. And former co-host and I would say frequent flyer, Zach. Zach actually, his foursome won the tournament this year. Really? So I've been, yes, I've been hearing him yapping in my ear all since Monday, since yesterday. He's just calling me up, shooting me texts at random times, telling me to call him, <laughs> telling me to call him champ and everything. Oh we my were, God. Yes, like our, our group was six under, and they came at the end of the tournament with a score of 11 under. So they. They had that in the back. Did you have anybody watching them? Because knowing Zach, he might have been embellishing that score a little bit. Dude, his group, it's actually funny. His group was right behind our group. So we were keeping tabs all day. Who was on his team? Um, Just a couple of kids from like guys he went to high school with. Uh, you know, good golfers. Uh, it was tough. Zach hits the ball a mile. So like, and then yeah. the other guys had the short game. So well, it was fun. Uh, Sounds like you you can never have him on the pod again because you know he's going to rub that in your face until that joke is never going to end. Because I know before he no. was saying that he you owed him. He had to host the podcast episode because he beat you in like virtual golf or something like that. <laughs> yes, yeah. We <laughs> and if he actually, him. yeah, and if he actually beat you in real golf at this at you know the Sullivan uh, Golf Tournament, oh man, good luck to you. No, I'm never going to hear the end of it unless I win. You know, next year. If I don't, I, until I win, I will never hear the end of it. But have you won yet? No, this was only my fourth year playing. We came in third last year. Um, and again, Zach finished one spot ahead of us. So damn, he's always got that extra leg. But um, <laughs> I mean, it's August 8th today. Um, we've got about 63 days left until the regular season starts for uh, the Bruins until hockey starts up again finally so it's kind of right now i mean we're in a little bit of a dead period so if you're up for it dude we can just go right to the dms kind of jump through that stuff let's do it let's do it all right so i'm gonna pull them up right now i just gotta get to them uh before we get to the dms i gotta yeah. ask you a question if of course we're you know both on on Bruins Twitter, but I gotta ask you just because so people can hear our opinions. What is yep. your stance on the uh, no beer is safe? The fingers in the beer. Oh, I love it, dude. <laughs> dude I, love it. I think it's so funny. People were so mad about it. It's hilarious. I don't know if you listen to uh, uh, all goals no misses when Grace and Lauren were talking about it, but yep. all I've been yeah. seeing is I've been hearing them talk about it. People on Twitter, um, also like shout out to to. Um, Boosty and Brett, but the whole no beer is safe thing. I checked like Saturday night and it was the number one trending topic in my area was hashtag no beer is safe. And it was all people just sticking their fingers in their beer, dude. It was it was <laughs> so funny to scroll. And then it, it extended to uh like I saw like Tess, how she stuck their finger in the in the yes. corona bottle and people were, like sticking their fingers in like beer cans now. And I was like, Oh, how what, what is this evolved into? 
Boosie put his whole fist in the solo cup. Dude, that, that killed me. Because it was just, it was his fist in a cup and there was like foamy beer like all on the table or like the yeah. hot tub, whatever he was at. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, all the beer went out of the cup and it was just foam around his wrist at that point. Oh my God. I think, I think it's so funny. And uh, oh, like, awesome. like awesome. when we went uh, to... What was that night? Night shift, night whatever. Night shift. The, yeah, 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 night yeah. Shift. Night shift last Thursday, and I couldn't drink, so I was drinking water, and so I was, I was, just like, stick, first of all, for the people who are wondering, I did not drink that water. That water wasn't even <laughs> mine. I think it was Boosie's, and I just stuck my finger in the in the uh, water and took a picture, and I was like, oh, like you know, no water is safe or something, and people were so mad, like, because I've been sick the last couple of weeks, and I had people like, this is why you're sick, because you're sticking fingers <laughs> in water and drinking. I was like, holy shit, relax, like. First of all, I didn't drink it. Second of all, shut up because it's funny. <laughs> yeah, dude. Honestly, like it's a fun little like team building thing too. It's funny yeah. to like, see everybody else get involved with it. Yeah, and it's just like it's like some people like uh, for those of you who aren't who don't follow Heat Daddy on Twitter, he's the one who started the whole thing. Yeah, and like he did one where he uh, you know of course it's called tapping in, and he did it with like an espresso martini. And it's just like two fingers and an espresso martini. And it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And then there was um, uh, the big bear guy who did it with his, he stuck his toes in it. And I was like, it, was his, it was his foot, right? It was. <laughs> I was like, oh. oh my God. And that's I think it was that's a, too I much for was, me. Dude, I think it was like a coffee too. I think <laughs> in a glass mug and his, his whole that's toes are just... No, he was on his own for that one. Coffee, dude. I saw. It, I was like, "Oh, brother, man, maybe we gotta dial this back because this, this is starting to, you know, this is going off this the is, tracks a little bit here. It's getting out of control." Yeah. I was like, oh my yeah. god! I saw it on the timeline. I was like, "Are those toes?" And then I zoomed in. I was like, "Oh my god, that's a toe!" <laughs> <laughs> that's really committing yourself to the bit. Oh my God! Yeah, Jesus Christ! I pray to God he didn't drink that after he did that. Oh my uh, God! It was it was still pretty full. I don't know. I didn't think of that. I hope he, I hope he didn't. Oh my God! I hope he waited for the coffee to cool down. It's like uh, it's like the office when uh, when Michael Scott accidentally steps on his George Foreman when he wakes up because oh, yeah. he wakes up to the smell of bacon. He big has bears all, he... burning big bears burning his his toes because he's committed to the bit. He's gonna stick his toes in a cup of coffee. Oh boy! I mean, hey, honestly, that might have been the best post though. I mean, no one yeah, else man, is doing that. That no ended it. Is... There's there's no topping that one. You can't top it. You can't everybody. I know it was gross, but everybody who's been discussed that you got to go thank them because. He single-handedly might have just ended this whole tapping-in thing that everybody's been doing on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to beat that, dude. Um, all right, but I'm going through the DMs right now, and I think we should start with Grace. Um, obviously, Grace, co-host of the um, cross-court coverage pod with Marty, uh, she came in and she asked, which member of the primetime productions team would win in an all-out brawl? Oh, my God. I have my pick. In an all-out brawl? Yeah, I got my pick. You give your pick first, because now I'm curious. All right. Mine is Marty. I think Marty could really? fuck all of us up. Yeah, dude, he just hit it. Marty the Meat Man would come in with a nasty meat hook to all of our, <laughs> jaw, to all our jaws, dude. I could, like, he looks like, I've never met him in person, but he looks like he's a tall guy. And you know, uh, he's like, I'm. I'm not beating him in a fight. I can tell you that for sure. 
I feel like if it was an all-out brawl, I don't know, man. I mean, we've got some scrappy dudes and dudettes on the on the PTP team. I uh, I think it's the I feel like it's the cop out easy answer. I feel like it might be Boosie, man. That dude is that dude is huge. <laughs> like he's, <laughs> he is he is yoked. Like when we were I when the first time I met him, I mean, like looking at you know his photos on Twitter, you can tell he's a big strong dude. But when when we skated with him uh, like a month ago, and then when we saw him the other day. I was like, damn, like this guy, like he could, like his uh, bicep is like the width of my head. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. So I think I'd have to put my money on Boosie probably. That's a good pick. I was going to say too, I mean, Grace and Lauren could win because like, I mean, we we can't fight them. <laughs> so they might, <laughs> they might win by default. So is it, honestly, this question might be, is it Grace or is it Lauren? Who yeah, wins I that feel- fight? I feel like if you were to ask every single person, I feel like not a single person would pick either one of us no, to win would, in a fight. I feel like dude, we'd be the first to tap out. Yeah, I would get zero votes. <laughs> I would. I would be. Tough. I'd be laughing too hard. I'd be like, no, this can't be serious. If it was between Grace and Lauren, I think. Sorry, Lauren, but I'd have to pick Grace because she's got that Detroit streak in a uh, in a oh, <laughs> in her yeah. blood in her blood. I don't know though. Lauren's a goalie, and goalies are kind of crazy that's, that's true that's true but the next the next one that comes in is from uh memes shout out memes shout um out. he said vegas has a season points total for the bruins at 101.5 do you have the over or the under on that um win total that would be 51 wins but then you got to count in the one point for you know yeah, shootout losses. overtime losses and stuff I'm going to say, well, hang on. I want to look at last year's NHL standings. Who who had a round? What was it? 101 points? One, uh, 101.5 for the over-under. Mm. Last that's a, year. That's pretty fair. Tampa last year had 98. Uh, Minnesota had 103. Seattle Kraken had 100 points last year. They were 46, 28, and 8. The Seattle Kraken also play in the Pacific, though. The Bruins play in the Atlantic. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say under. Under. I think, I think 101 is a really good number. I think they're gonna get it right around there. But if I had to pick over or under, I, I don't know, man. I think I'm gonna have to go under. I mean, there was only there was only two teams this year in the Atlantic that had 100 points. Yeah, um, that's fair too. Actually, Toronto's gonna get 100 points. I'm still high on Tampa. I think Tampa's gonna get 100 points. You've been all, you know, blowing smoke up the Sabres' ass. I mean, they could get 100 points this year. Florida, I mean, I mean who knows yeah, how dude. good Florida's going to be? I mean, I don't think you're going to see uh, – I don't know. I just think there's too many good teams in Atlantic for the Bruins to be one of those 100-point clubs. Yeah, Buffalo missed the playoffs last year by a single point. Like, they yeah. had 91 points last year, dude. They could – they realistically could actually hit 100 points, which is bananas. There's if so Buffalo, many teams in the Atlantic, dude. If Buffalo could have won, like – one more game or if they could have had one more if they could have won one more game that went into overtime or shootout maybe the Bruins wouldn't have phased the Panthers in the first round yeah no and that kind of breaks my heart no Buffalo's gonna be a real fun team this year I I can't wait to watch Buffalo dude I like your Calder pick too with uh Devin Levi I know you've been talking about that yeah serious dark horse candidate for the Calder I don't think he's gonna win it but I think he's gonna come top three top three in, in the in the voting for sure, I, I feel like it's always so hard for for goalies to win those kind of awards. I mean, yeah. 
you know, first of all, you rarely ever see a goalie win the heart. I mean, Carey Price won it. Before him, was it just uh, our man, uh, what's his name? Jose um, Theodore? Yes, Jose Theodore, when he won in the Canadians in like 01 or some shit. For, for the heart or for the uh, call? He won the heart. I think he, yeah, I don't remember what year it was, but um, I remember the last time a goalie won the caller. Yeah, hold, was, I think it was uh, it was Steve Mason in like yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it, it's just it's so hard for goalies to win those awards because I feel like the the point production always sells, and I feel like it's it's harder to like if Connor if Connor Bedard goes like nuclear this year or Adam Fantilli, who I know a lot of people as well are yeah. like putting some money on because you know he's on a loaded he could be on a loaded line in Columbus, whereas. Although now with the addition of Taylor Hall, I mean Conor Bedard's got some weapons himself there, but that's neither yeah. here nor there. But I mean, I mean, what's going to be more attractive for voting purposes? A player who can you know eclipse twenty five goals and seventy points as a rookie, or a goalie who's you know not in a Vesna conversation, but maybe putting up top ten production? And I think that's yeah. where it gets tricky. And I think that's that's when it's it's hard to be subjective in those situations because you always see the points and the goals totals and immediately that draws your eyes but i just feel like it's so hard for goalies to win any, any of those kinds of awards so but like oh, Devin uh, levi though i don't know man he's dude, really I'm, good <laughs> i'm yeah i'm with you on that the same thought process like bedard and fantilli are going to be playing at least 70 games if everything yeah. goes right you know what i mean so Levi will get maybe what 40 to 50 starts in, in the best case scenario, but he's surrounded by a team that missed the playoffs by a point last year. He's surrounded by superstars and Tage Thompson. Uh, I, I won't call Alex Tuck a superstar, but he's definitely a star. Owen Power, Rasmus Dahlin, Connor Clifton. You know, there you go. Yeah. There you, go. <laughs> you, got, you got those guys on your squad and you're coming in as a goalie. You're coming into a good situation. You're not coming into a team as a young rookie goalie that has been struggling. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. finally they're ready to make that turn. And I think Levi could like be the guy who takes the reins and runs with it. Probably beats out Craig Anderson for the starting role. He'll probably end up getting fifty ish starts this year. And if he has a winning record, and if he has a couple, you know, mix in a couple shutouts in a good save percentage and, and um, um, uh, goals against average, I don't see why he couldn't beat out, you know, Fantilli and Bedard unless they go nuclear, unless they go nuclear and they, one of them puts up like 80 points. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy for, uh, I'm not as big of a Buffalo fan as you are. In fact, I would not call myself a Buffalo fan in the slightest, but I am happy for them in, in finding a franchise goalie, it looks like, because I know it wasn't the biggest sample size of Devin Levi last year, but from everything's indicating that this guy is a franchise goalie. And, I mean, it's been – how many years ago have they has the reign of Ryan Miller ended? I mean, they've been in purgatory. They've been in hell. Yeah, Even when yeah. Ryan Miller was here, they still sucked for a bunch of those years. And there's so many franchises who have gone so long trying to find their guy. And, uh, I mean, for Buffalo, like, not just a lack of a goaltender. Like, they've had a lack of talent for what right. seemed like forever. And they've really turned the page the last couple of years. Of course, having all the number one overall picks helps. And Tage Thompson absolutely turning into a superstar over the course of, like, 15 months definitely helps as well. Yeah. But hey, a lot thanks. of Thanks, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of that, a lot of that can't happen if you don't have the goaltender to do it, and it it just feels like for the Buffalo Sabers to be good finally, 
the one thing they needed was a goalie, and it feels like Devin Levi might be that franchise's missing piece. So, yeah, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see how the franchise is able to turn around. But exciting well, year coming up for Buffalo and years beyond. I don't know how that the the I don't know how memes this question of one one point five over under turned into some scene. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Like I mean. I think I, it's so weird to have that second team, that second favorite team, be a team in the division too. I feel like that it's like a little awkward, but yeah. But I mean, to be fair too, Buffalo always sucked. Like it, it they, wasn't right. And like, I, like not speaking for yourself, but like I always, I loved Ryan Miller just because he was an American. He was a goalie. He was yeah. when NHL players could play in the Olympics, he was always the goalie for Team USA. So I loved Ryan Miller. I just felt bad that he was in hell because his team sucked. So I always kind of felt like I had a soft spot for Buffalo, but not to the sense that you have where you're like, you're, you're like borderline rabid Sabres fan. If you're like. <laughs> well, dude, it's like, I, I think it's like, like what you said, they had such a shitty team for so long, but their fan base is like, you know, Buffalo fans, Bill, Bill's fans are crazy. Bill's mafia, and, yeah. and they're just the same with the Sabres. It's just the fact that like the Sabres have been so bad. Like, you can only be so bad for so long where where you know you still expect fans to show up and support the team. It's like <laughs> it's like you can't be bad for a decade and be like, "Oh yeah, like uh, we're still selling out though." Like that's just not <laughs> how it works. And um I think my love for the Sabres just comes from that fan base, honestly. Like I love their fans, dude. I really do. They do have a strong fan base, and it's ironic because I hate Bills fans. I don't think like it's definitely the Patriots fan coming out in me, but there's not a worse uh, group of fans, maybe Cowboys fans, but I I cannot stand Buffalo Bills fans. And it's just ironic that I I really like the fan base. Like you just mentioned, that's that's behind the Buffalo Sabres, but I cannot stand the fan base that's behind the team that plays in the same city. Yeah, no, that's fair. I do like, I don't know, dude, I just respect them a lot. Um, and they live in Buffalo, so it's like the one thing that they can cheer for. Them, them and Josh Allen. There you go, um, Niagara Falls. Yeah, in Niagara Falls. But let's jump over here to, uh, to Kyle. You can follow him on Twitter at KyleP124. He said, thoughts on a potential Bokvis Zaka pasta line? 24 years old, give him a shot like how we did with Zaka last year. Plus, he has history playing with Zaka in New Jersey. JVR on the third with Freddie and Geeky or Lauko, whoever looks better in camp. If you put those, you know, if you put Bokefist, Zaka, and Pasta together, I mean, I don't know if you would want that as your first line, right? Because do you want Bokefist on that first line? No. I mean, his, I, his career high is 23 points. I was uh, just going to say he's never <laughs> eclipsed 25 points. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand in, you know, in, in, in trusting a guy and I mean, the potential's there. I mean, it you know, it wasn't like uh, like we saw the step that uh, Zaka took when he came over to the Bruins this year, but it's not like Zaka only scored over 10 goals once. You know, right. I mean, like Z- like Zaka was a better player than Bokfuss's. So, and they're also not in a position where they're like, oh shit, like let's put Bokfuss on left wing, like I on the second line. Like I still feel fine with uh, with JVR on that second line and see what you can unlock yeah. with him because we were talking about him last episode. Um, I mean, I, he still has a little bit left in the tank. He's a, I mean, he's a goal scorer. He's been a goal scorer his whole career, and let's see what he can do if he's playing on the same line with Pasta and uh, you know, I don't know who their center is going to be, but. I would feel more comfortable with JVR in that second line. I think you would get more production, I should say, with JVR on that second line than you would with Bokefist. And I mean, like we said, uh, 
Boakfast has never eclipsed more than 23 points in his career. But the same, like Zaka, before he came over to the boss to, to Boston, he never eclipsed more than 36 points. So it's it, he wasn't. It's not like these guys were putting up crazy numbers in New Jersey. And you got to remember too, those New Jersey teams when they were playing, they were bad. Like they weren't even good at all. And Boakfast is. I mean, he is young. There's room to grow. I'm sure he hasn't even come close to finding his game. You know. You know, uh, consistently as he would like to. I don't know about him being on the first line, though. I think my. What are your lines right now? If the season started tomorrow, what what are your lines? You know, I think I was always on board with uh, my first time being Marshawn, Zaka, and Jake DeBrusque. But I know uh, Gail had an interesting point on Twitter the other day, saying how she would feel better if you kept those Czech guys together in Zaka and Pasta. Yeah. But I also don't really want Charlie Coyle as my first line center, so I don't right. know. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm between a rock and a hard place. But I think I think I would go, and this is not the ideal situation by any means. But I think I would say screw it, and I would go Marshawn Coyle, DeBrusque on the first line. Mm-hmm. I would go JVR, Zaka and pasta on the second line third line i love your idea of uh who was it uh frederick lauco and um uh, geeky. geeky yeah and then third line i think you just say screw it and you put out lucic i call up beecher and uh uh and bokefist like well bokefist is a left wing though can he can he play on the right i think he's center and left oh he's a center oh Okay, so you I changed could, my, you an- I changed my yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth line, I'm going Lucic, Boquist, and give me AJ Greer. Let's do it. All right. I see. I don't it's mind. It's the worst line in hockey. <laughs> oh my god! But it's gonna be so entertaining. <laughs> yeah, what a man. weird, what a weird like mix of players. Like, oh my god! I mean, you're basically just getting like a a, a person who's who wants to be Lucic and AJ Greer, and yeah. like Boquist, I think is just going. Ugh. Whatever I'm playing yeah. every day, like I don't really think <laughs> Like you got, it's like that. It's like the meme of uh, the dragon, like the three-headed dragon, where two, oh, of yeah. look, two of them look really mean, and then the one in the middle is just like kind of like. Lost yeah, yeah. Uh, have you seen the one when it's like it's the soldiers and they're like peeking around a wall and it's yeah, like, there's a clown. and then there's a clown in the mix. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Like, not that Bookfist is a clown, but he does not fit the type of player that Luke right. and AJ Greer are. Right, and like not like he's bad either, but it's funny because you'll have two bangers on the wing and then you just have like Jesper Bookfist in the middle, like yeah. just <laughs> skating around. The Swede, yeah, yeah, oh, the Swede, God. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I like those lines. Um, I think. Honestly, I think right now I would go Zaka, number one C, Marshawn on the left, and then Pasta on the right. And then you go Coil, JVR, DeBrusque, and then Geeky, Lauko, Frederick, Lucic, Bokvist, and McLaughlin. I think that's what I would do. The only thing, are you, if you put pasta on that first, your first line was Marshawn, Zaka, and pasta? Yeah. I mean, would, would you, if that, if that was your first line, would you be worried then that you'd be top heavy? And, and yes, I, mean, I would be. Yeah. I mean, but trying the, to. It's the, like what Gail said on Twitter. Like, I, when she said that, I was like, she's kind of right. You don't want to break up Zaka and pasta. And like you had mentioned before, too, do you want Coyle to be your number one center? Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, that because that's where I'm at too. But I think I said it last week too, and I was like, any line that you put pasta on, you know it's gonna produce. Right, he put right. Fifty-one pucks in the back of the net last year, and this team, they're they're not gonna be able to live with just one line. And I and I said it before, like they had one line the perfection line all those years and, and and they had nothing to show for it. I mean, they were early playoff exits a couple of times and lost in the cup in 2019, but that was a pretty good team. Um, it's certainly better than this year's team, but I just feel like their, their offense would be better spread out and they would be able to establish a more consistent attack. If you put pause on your second line again, cause you know, it's going to work and you know, it's going to produce. And if yep. you put, uh, you know, Marshawn and, Debrusque on the first line who played together last year, but I don't know. I mean, either way, they, they have a lot of options because they can really mix and match some of these guys and they can get creative with it. So, and it's probably instead of looking at it too, like, like first line, second line, third line, fourth line, I think it's going to be similar to last year, the way that Monty ran it almost situationally. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't necessarily a bona fide first line. You have two lines that you two maybe three lines that you lean on heavily and then um you just base it based on the situation like if they're like you're up by a goal or say you're down by a goal you got a minute and a half left you're gonna put whatever line pasta's on you're gonna put that mm-hmm. up there if you need to shut it down a little bit maybe you put that third line of lauco geeky frederick out there or the coil line because we were just saying last episode how coil is such an underrated two-way guy um it's, it's stuff like that. And we know Lauko's awesome at, you know, drawing penalties. So if you're down a goal, kind of middle of the third, send that line out there, see if they can draw something. I don't know. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. And I, I and I think um, I don't remember who it was. It was on all goals and misses. Though. It was either Grace or Lauren, and they were yeah. talking about how you can, you know, instead of your typical first line, second line, third line, fourth line, you can just put lines together in the sense of matchups. And yes. if you're playing, yes. maybe you know the other team has a has a. Uh, I don't know, a real offensive juggernaut line. All right, well then let's let's put a line out there with with guys who are more defensive sound. We can try to shut them down. Or if you're yeah. play, playing a team that maybe lacks physicality, you could put JVR, you know, a, a big dog on a line, or you can move Lucic up to the third. I don't know what you're gonna do, but you can mix and match guys, and you can make lines based on um, the scheme and on what they can do, rather than just plugging in first line, second line, third line, fourth line every game. And I think yeah. that this Bruins team, like we just mentioned, I mean, they were lacking size last year. They're definitely not lacking size this year. They went out and really signed some big dudes to bring into this roster. And I yeah. think it gives them it gives them a lot more flexibility in terms of who they can put on what line in different matchups that they can create. Yeah, and it's going to take a lot of... Um... It's going to take a lot of creativity from the coaching staff this year to kind of maintain offensive production, I think, because you don't have, you know, outside of Pasternak, you don't really have elite level scoring. I know Marshawn, obviously, but again, he's getting up there. He's getting older. He just came off hip surgery. Uh, I don't know if you want to rely on him. So you're going to have to get creative. And, and I think Monty and you know Kelly and the rest of the coaching staff they're good at that and you saw that last year and they're and they get the most out of their young guys too they know how to get the most out of them do you think that any chance of Krejci coming back is is out the window you think he's he's all but done now i think he's done i think he's done yeah. so, okay hang on actually that okay so say he does come back is he your number 1c no okay no so i don't think so. or coil 
No, I, I, I think it's either Zock or Quill at that point. And I mean, you have to remember too, if, if, if he comes back, he said it a thousand times, he's not coming back until Christmas break. So if that's the case, I mean, are you shaking up your lines to the sense where you have a, a, a first line center now joining your team who hasn't been in that? I mean, I know Krejci's always been a Bruin, but I mean, he hasn't been playing in the NHL at that point for six months right six months yeah. or seven months since their last loss so and even if he was i just i i don't i don't think he's that guy anymore i, I think either. he's 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 great in spurts remember last year he was almost a point per game player until you hit like the 40 game mark and then i think uh his age and maybe not playing in the nhl the year prior caught up to him and he kind of tailed off then had some injury concerns in the playoffs so i don't yes. know I, and i still also I, I think it's I think his career in the NHL in Boston is like all but done. I know he hasn't officially retired yet, but I think it's like, you know, wink wink, I'm not I'm not coming back. Yeah. And the other thing is too, like you said, and he's been very vocal about it, is if he comes back, he's not coming back until Christmas around that time. Do you wanna inject a new guy into your lineup about two and a half months into the season and potentially, you know, kind of shake up any kind of gel that you have together yeah and i mean which is and and uh, to be fair it's he's not a new guy either like right he's right and the bruin for 20 years at this point he was on the team last year um and i'm sure if Krejci was suddenly infused into the locker wouldn't be like who the hell is this guy what are we doing you know like it would it would be fine but i think more in the sense of and i know i think i saw i don't remember who it was i i saw a report today of him saying he's gonna he's staying in nhl shape just in case, like he, because he he said he he really hasn't made his decision yet, and yeah. he said he's gonna make his decision around Christmas time, and he intends to make his decision around Christmas time. He's just living life right now, but he yeah. says that he's gonna continue to train and he's gonna stay in NHL shape, which he's saying the right things. But if you're not, if you haven't played an NHL game in six months and you're you know 38 years old, going on, he might be 39 at that point. Yeah. Um, it's not like you're a 25 year old guy who just rehabbed over the summer and now you're coming back and you're playing, you know, 25 minutes a night. Like he's not that guy anymore. So that would be my concern. If you were to give him big line minutes, um, which I also don't think he's at point in his career anymore. And, and if that's the case, then like, like what's the point of bringing David Krejci back to be your third or your fourth line center? I mean, is he that big of a, of a uh, upgrade over geeky if he's going to be your third line center and if he's a fourth line center well that's just going to look weird what's David yeah. Krejci doing out there on the fourth line you know? so I think he might just be better off without him Krejci and Lucic are back playing together and they're both on the fourth line <laughs> oh my god and then uh, like you know like Marshawn gets hurt and he's rehabbing an injury so he's got his minutes down and you just throw him on the fourth line too oh my god oh my god and literally like it's like it's like a, that's like an alternate dimension Bruins fourth line. You know, you know what's been killing me is uh, I'm sure you have. It's been all over Twitter, but have you seen the video of uh, Bergeron and Marshawn dancing at McAvoy's wedding? Yeah, did they kiss? It certainly looked like it. it I think they did. <laughs> I think they did too, man. Oh my god! If that's what if they were giving little pecks on the cheek in public, I can only imagine what they're doing behind closed doors and locked. Oh boy! But like, I saw that shit and it <laughs> killed me because I told I, like for a hot minute there, like everybody was tweeting like, "Oh, thirty-seven and sixty-three is back together." I was like, "Yeah," and I, we just talked about this a couple weeks ago when Bergeron was skating at Warrior, and I had a whole like second wave of like grief remembering that Patrice Bergeron is retired, and I was like, "Oh my god, this kills me." I know it. It did. I had that too, but then I got the sense of like, 
look like look at how happy he is dude him and marshawn are still together having fun like obviously at mcavoy's wedding um but it was good to see like I, yeah I, I, i'm gonna miss it but i think like he's gonna be around he's just not gonna that's, be playing that's what i was gonna say too and i feel like like watching of course, I mean, he's known Marshawn now for like 15 years, but like yeah. watching their interaction at the wedding and like just the pictures, everything that's come out from, which was a beautiful wedding. What Was that at a, at a library in Boston? Dude, Where was dude, it? Was it at a library in Boston? Dude, it was the Boston Public Library. Oh, so it was the library. In <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, I didn't know they did that. And I didn't, I didn't know that that's where it was until somebody on Twitter pointed it out. And I was like, yeah, I was like, holy sh! I didn't know that. I didn't. I guess you have to be a player for the Boston Bruins in order to get that kind of treatment. I didn't even know that that, that was possible. But after seeing all the pictures and videos and everything, and seeing how happy Bergeron is, I, I don't think there's. I know there's been people saying they don't know what he's going to do. I, I think I don't remember who it was. Uh, actually, I think it was Andrew Raycroft saying mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, he doesn't know what Bergeron's going to do, but like he, you know, how much his family means to him and. You know, like his family back home too in Canada, and there could be a chance that Bergeron goes home and moves back up to Quebec or wherever for a couple years or something. But after seeing the wedding, I don't know. I think he's going to stick around for a little bit. Like, I don't know if he's going to be like a liaison or like a representative of the Bruins, but I don't think he's going anywhere. He's going to be an usher in the in the company. <laughs> Imagine like uh, like you know like you, you try to get up in the middle of a play, return your seat to the middle of a play, and there's just a hand on your chest. Hang on, wait a minute, and you look and it's Bergeron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in the tunnel with your large, with like your 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 large. Oh, you get soda. your nose done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bergeron, is that you? But you're <laughs> you're sitting in the tunnel with your your large drink and like a the seventeen dollar chicken nuggets, and you're just trying to walk. He's like, nope, nope. Plays yeah. going on. You have to wait. Can't go. Hang on a second, man. I don't make enough money to do this shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but uh, speaking about Bergeron, so our last DM of the day comes in from the I think he's the something's brewing number one super fan, Ethan 2.0. You can follow him <laughs> on Twitter at incredible Mr. E7. Um, he said, when does 37 head to the rafters opening night, mid season or tail end? And who's the opponent hanging 37 up at home against Montreal would be kind of glorious considering so many Habs fans wanted him in the worst way because of his heritage. Yeah. I don't think you can do it opening night just because it's the centennial season and i'm sure the bruins already have a thousand things planned for Mm. you know announcements and events for opening night but i think that's a perfect pick you know whenever montreal comes to town i don't know when the first time they do but for a thousand reasons of course because bruins montreal rivalry i mean bergeron has made montreal their bitch all these years and of course i mean being the montreal kid i mean his last career regular season game was in Montreal. I mean, I'm sure that would mean the world to Bergeron. Of course, not yeah. to just have his number retired, but to do it in front of Montreal Canadiens uh, team. And you know that those Canadiens fans, I mean, oh my God, that Canadiens team would probably be out there on the bench or whatever, you know, watching the events because, you know, Bergeron is the most respected guy in the history of the world. So, yeah. uh, I don't know when, I'm going to look up when Montreal comes to I was, I was I just going to say. I think that's a perfect pick. I love that pick. It's uh, the first time Montreal is in Boston is November 18th. So <gasps> November 18th. That's my birthday. Yeah. So we're going to that game. Mel. Let's do it. Yeah, we're going to that game. Uh, November 18th. Yeah. First home game against Montreal, a.k.a. Mel's birthday. 
So the Bergeron jersey retirement is going to be the uh, second. You know, it's an afterthought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. The, the real event, they're, they're actually hanging my jersey up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to bring this cake out and her ice. After the game, they're going to retire Bergeron's number. But I'm pregame. They're saying yeah. that that's for me. <laughs> Bergeron's going to walk the cake out to center ice. <laughs> it's like he's dropping the puck. He's dropping the cake right in front of me. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I, I think that would be perfect. It, it's it's a good way to honor him, too. Um, obviously, it's it's the Boston's biggest rival in the NHL historically. Um you know, Bergeron's from Montreal. He's from the area. He's from Quebec. I mean, you it's a perfect, perfect pick. At the same time, though, like, I, I would not put it past the Bruins to, like, host it on, like, a like a Tuesday in February when the Blue Jackets come to town or something. That's what I was going to say. I was, like, I was looking at the schedule, dude, and I'm, like, I'm going down the list. I'm, like, yeah, that would be all right. That would be all right. November 30th, 7 o'clock, Thursday, San Jose. I'm telling you, that's going to be the night. It is. It is. That's it's, the night. They had to move it because of my birthday. Off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They forgot they already booked it. The previous yeah, no, sorry. The gardens, the gardens booked that night. It's Mel's birthday. Yeah. Bergeron's like, oh. The, the, uh, he would understand. Yeah, he'd be like, oh, something's brewing? Oh, oh, okay. Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. That's fine. I, I couldn't make it anyways because I'm I'm going to the party myself. So. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell him it's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Bergie made the list. <laughs> yeah. Um. Damn. Well, I mean, that was it for the DM questions. Um. Trying to think. I saw some people making a big stink on Twitter about Swayman's comments today, just saying how he never wants to go through arbitration again. You know, it, it wasn't like an easy process and people were freaking out saying that, oh, my God, like he wouldn't be saying this, blah, blah, blah. Like he must be pissed. Like, no, this is just how arbitration works. Like, it's not an easy process for anybody. The whole thing is you basically go in there with the owners and, you know, you're there with your agent and the owners are telling you why you're making what they propose because, you know, you stink at these things. And it's awkward. Yeah. And, it's, and nobody wants to go through it. Yeah, it's it's extremely uncomfortable. Like, uh, uh, you know, and like these guys are drafted when they're teenagers, and like a guy like Swayman, like he of course moved across the country and went to UMaine, and then he's drafted by the Bruins, and he spent this whole professional career here. And now, the people who cut his checks, the ones who are coaching him and managing him, he has to sit in a meeting <clears throat> and listen to them say why you you suck, you don't deserve yeah. the money that you want. Like, it's an uncomfortable experience for everybody. Nobody wants to be in that room, not just Swayman. I guarantee you not a single person representing the Bruins wants to be in that room either. No, it's uh, it's an awkward situation to be in. And like that stuff can get real ugly. Like uh, I always laugh at and I hate to bring him up again. But Ian Mitchell, when he was like, hey, I'm going to go to arbitration. Like, What do you what do you think? Every, everybody was like, what? Why is he going to yeah, like, is this guy serious? Like, what does he want? Okay. An extra, what does he want? An extra fifty thousand dollars? Like, yeah, no, he actually part of his negotiation was he wanted to sit next to the bathroom and the, uh, or he didn't want to sit next to the bathroom in the uh, in the locker and then, room. And the locker <laughs> but like that can get real ugly. And I and like everybody from Boston remembers the whole, you know, Mookie Betts uh experience and how that was I know he said all the right things since he's left but I know that was a, a, a thing he had to do was sit through those meetings and listen to 
uh, I think that might have been Dombrowski at the time, uh, just yeah. basically shit on him and why he doesn't deserve the money he wanted. And I know there were reports about how that really pissed him off, which understandably so. That's an un- uncomfortable situation to be in. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think those those comments made by Swayman shouldn't uh, arouse any concern. I mean, he's being honest. I mean, if we were all in that position, we would feel the exact same way. So yeah, no, exactly. You don't want to get shit on in front of you know by your boss in front of other people like yeah. imagine imagine you're working your job and you're asking for a raise and and you propose one and then your boss proposes another and you're like and eh, you know what we need a neutral party here to kind of you know they're gonna make a decision and you're sitting across the table from each other and your boss is just fucking shitting on you and you're like ah like what am i supposed to do like it's no it's it's so uncomfortable too, and it's like that's like that's his right, and and it's not even he's just like a normal. It's like uh, you, like you're working at Papa Gino's, and right. man, you're slinging like some of the best pizza in the country, like you're top five in the country in yeah. like the amount of sauce you put in your pizza, and the amount and like it's baked to the perfect. Like you make a really good pizza, and you're only twenty four, and then like all of a sudden like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden like. Papa Gino himself like wants to sit down with you and management to discuss your new contract. And you have to listen to this guy, your boss, say why you're not worth the money that you want, even though you know that you're making among amongst the best pieces of pizza in the world. <laughs> it's just an unfortunate and uncomfortable situation to be in. It's like so in that in that instance, say one night you burn a pizza. And you, you ship it off and it's all, you know, it's all charred and it's all, you forgot the pepperoni slices. It was just a bad piece of pizza. It was a bad night. That, that was Jeremy Swayman's Arizona game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? He had like, let's say you're making pizza and yeah. uh, every single time, right? You, you, you start your pizza, you open the you open the fridge, you pull out a fresh piece of dough, you flatten it out, you toss it up in the air, and you drop it. Mm-hmm. So you got to go and you got to get a new piece of dough. That was Jeremy Swayman, that whole stretch where he gave up a goal in the first shot of the game for like five straight games. Yeah, it's every time the oven beeps to take the pizza out, he just forgot. <laughs> he was in the bathroom. He wasn't. Yeah, he, was, he, was, yeah. he forgot. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, outside of that... Um, August 8th today, kind of in the dead zone. So get that little bit of Bruins talk to kind of get you through the week. Um, but there's really not much else to talk about. Obviously, Swayman, Arb. Uh, we talked about Frederick and all that last week. Uh, so little DM questions, and that was it for today's episode. But, um, at, Mel, do you want to add anything else at the end of this? Um. I can't think of anything. I know we usually stream EASHL every Thursday night. Also, I want to give a shout out to our new squad, man. Because yes. you, me, and you, yes. and me, and Con. First of all, for people who don't um, know call. Connor, thank you, thank you. I, it, it came to me. I don't know. I don't know where I pulled that from. But um, <clears throat> if you don't know Connor, because I know he's obviously not on the show and he's not really part of something's brewing but he he's one of our good friends from home and uh, if whenever we stream ea e-a-s-h-l i can never say that he was always a third person streaming with us um and we would always play threes and we've wanted to try to field a whole team uh you know a five on five well i guess six on six with a goalie team forever and uh, we started it a couple weeks ago of course chris davis joined our team then nick tedisco you know al pacino so we got a whole yeah. team of five of us now listen we don't win many games, but 
we have a lot of fun doing it. Um, yeah. We're still trying to continue to stream those every Thursday. I know the last couple of weeks have been tough because you and I and, and other people have had stuff going on on Thursdays. We've had to move days. But this yeah. Thursday, I don't know if you heard, Patriots are starting back up, man. we got a Pats preseason game on Thursday. Um, so I don't know what we're going to do with the stream this week. Maybe we can find another day or something. But um, keep your eye out on that. Of course, that's always on our on our Twitch at Something's Brewing Podcast. And also, you will see sometime soon, uh, Primetime Productions has their own Twitch as well, who you can yep. follow them on Twitch at, Prime, at Primetime Prods, exact same as the Twitter handle. Um, I don't know when the first stream on that Twitch account is going to be, but make sure you, if you're not subscribed to them, make sure you subscribe to that account as well. Um, yep. And then Only Bruins... They're still putting there. They still stream. Uh, I think they still do Tuesday nights, right? Most Tuesday right. nights. Yeah, I'm they, not they, sure if they're doing it tonight, though. Yeah, no, I don't know about the, about tonight, but um, I'm not that it would matter because people are gonna listen this Wednesday morning. But um, I know that they also stream not just Tuesday night; like they do it every now and then throughout the week as well. So just make sure you're always on Twitter because sometimes we do the same thing. We have spontaneous streams every now and then. But yeah, we try to stick to the schedule. But I mean, everybody's on their own, you know a different time schedule than everybody else so we just it's really we try to do you know every thursday night but it tends to just be whenever everybody's able to jump on so keep your eyes open yeah and if you ever if you ever want to play with us i mean we're always looking to add new people to the crew uh we're we're on uh ps5 so i know the uh, nhl 24 announcements coming out in like uh, i think a week or something the trailer but it looks like there's gonna be uh you know cross-platform play in that one so uh, you know, we can play with Xbox people. We can play with, you know, GameCube, Nintendo Wii, DS. GameCube. <laughs> all of them, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sega Genesis. I mean, everybody is playing it these days. Yeah. Uh, but no, so, you know, we... Yeah, I think, like, moving forward, we, we can maybe do, like, a team with a whole bunch of us and we can all play together. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, yeah keep your eye out for that because it's coming down the road. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I can't wait for 24 to come out. Um, but... Too. Outside of that, uh, we don't really have much else. So we got 63 days until 62, actually, as you listen to this tomorrow. Um, 62 games to the regular season. You know what I've been waiting for? What? Last oh. year, last year leading it's, up to the season, when you would tweet a video of no. the number. Oh, my God. Is it no. in works? It's coming Thursday. It's starting Oh, Thursday. my God. <laughs> Whose number, who's number is that? I guess you'll have to see. 61. Oh, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> Zach Ronaldo, was he? No, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's coming. But um, it's actually funny you said that because I I, I uh, already I screen recorded the highlight that I'm going to use today. Really? So it's well, funny. Yeah. I saw it on uh, – oh, Ronaldo was 36. I saw it on uh, Twitter. I think um, it might have been like NHLBR. Somebody like tweeted a picture of Brad Marchand yesterday, yeah. and it was like – Brad Marshawn days until the season starts. And I was like, oh my God, when is Sully going to start your, your thing on Twitter that you did last year? I was going to wait until 55 to use Boychuk, but the I have the itch too bad. So I'm starting on oh, Thursday. Man. <laughs> That's a commitment, dude. Like every day for the next three months, you have to dude, tweet a video gotta be, out. You got to be committed. Got to be committed. That's yeah, yeah, that's committed to the bit. We had fingers and beers. Now we're, you know, tweeting out videos of players and jersey numbers and shit. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Hey, episode 53 of the Something's Brewing Podcast, as always, brought to you in partnership with the Primetime Productions. You can follow us on Twitter at Primetime Prods. 
You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. And you can follow our podcast account on Twitter at Bruin something. Um, no G. YouTube, yeah. Uh, yeah. No G at the end. YouTube at something's brewing. We got to get better at posting on that. That's that's on me, though. I don't send you over the video. Um, and our Twitch is at something's brewing podcast. That's right. And also, wow. uh, yeah. we we haven't had uh, any voicemails lately. I know I understand there's really nothing going on to call in about. But if you do want to call in, share a voicemail, talk about your excitement for the season, what's going on in your life, anything at all, we're here for you. You can call our line, our line at 508-263-0854. Call at any time. Rain, shine, snow, sleet, sun, night apocalypse the line will be open and uh we will play your voicemail on our episode yeah 1 a.m 2 a.m 3 a.m whatever anytime anytime uh, uh, yeah actually anytime i was gonna say except for 5 a.m that's too early but <laughs> all right well um anyway, with that being said this is episode 53 of the something's brewing podcast the seth griffith episode it's a shock to myself, Nick, and everybody else listening that he's still playing in the AHL. So I didn't, um, I didn't know what he was doing, but I would guarantee he was not playing hockey anymore. I, Dude, I, you could have given me 100 guesses. I never would have guessed that. But <laughs> yeah, we all learned something today. But uh, as always, thank you guys all for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Yeah. Tory Lanez, he just got sentenced to 10 years in jail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I know, they, I know they wanted to give him 13. I didn't think. Holy shit. Yeah, he got 10 years. Didn't he do that on accident, too? He didn't shoot her on purpose, right? Or was uh, it like an accidentally on purpose kind of well, scenario? The story that Meg the Stallion said and the one that probably got him 10 years is that they were like fighting in the car. He forced her to get out of the car, and then he was pointing a gun at her and was like, dance, bitch, and made her dance. And then as she was dancing, he, like, shot her in the foot, and then that's when everything oh, happened. He, he should get more than 10 years. <laughs> what is wrong with him?